Hi, everybody. It's December 1st, 2021, and this is episode 373 of the RV Podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about why you need to make your 2022 camping reservations right now. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Well, welcome, everybody. I'm Mike Wendland. This is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. And uh, wow, one more month left in 2021 and another year of living the RV lifestyles under our belts. And this year, better than last year for as far as getting out there traveling. Yes, and last year was better than the year before. And we're hoping 2022 will be better than this year. Uh, travel's still a bit confused, particularly now in uh December, as uh, we hear all these reports of the, a new variant and COVID and um, lots of confusion out there, but um, but people are still traveling. Although this is the quietest month of the uh, of the year. People seem to gravitate to a central area where they can be near family and friends. And that's what we'll be doing mostly. Except we've got a trip coming up right? soon. December 11th, a meetup in Tennessee. Uh, those of you who saw our video uh, on the Saturday uh, learned all about the, the land that we bought as kind of, um, I guess we'd call it a base camp for our <laughs> RV living. And uh, we bought five acres of property, which we are going to develop as sort of a little RV mini retreat, a base camp is what we're calling it. We'll put in a pad, a circular driveway. We'll have room for a couple of guests uh, to camp with us from time to time. And we'll be inviting you, you know, to, we'll figure out a way we can get people there. But we're going to invite you right now on December 11th. This is going to be fun. We're going to be down the property. I have my machete. I can clear off some brush. We'll get a campfire going. And uh, we'll be down there that afternoon. That's a Saturday. And we kind of time that to they're having a big event the folks at uh, Tennessee Land and Lakes who are developing 1,500 acres, this whole 1,500-acre project of which we just bought five, and they're having people down and they're showing them different parcels. And uh, uh, they agreed that they'd invite, uh, they'd uh, direct people to our site. We don't have an address yet, but they can tell you how to get where we are uh, by going to uh, rvland.com and you can find us. But we are really excited. We can't wait to go. Uh, we got all of our permits. And we're hoping to actually start uh, cutting in our driveway or the, the little the little road that we'll have to get into our campsite uh, even in the next few days. It's fun. It's fun to have to dream and to think about this. I had a lot of reaction, and I was telling Jennifer before we uh, started the podcast. One of them it was up on the site, and I I was going to make about six different responses, and I didn't. Should I tell them about this? I don't care. And, and it was it was like the meanest thing. Somebody said, uh, I hate to say this, but you're too old to be doing this. <laughs> Just my opinion. Well, why people would say that, I don't know. But then we stopped and thought about it. I thought about it. And uh, <laughs> I have a habit of just videotaping as we're going. And I was doing this tour of this thing going up and down ravines, right? Because we've got ravines on both sides. 
So Billy Goat. Understand I'm holding a camera like this and I'm narrating as I'm trying to climb this thing. And it, I look terrible. I mean, I really did. I mean, I was just a bad angle on me. And I'm going up and down this hill. And maybe, maybe that's what they're thinking that I had a little more trouble. Somebody else was a little more tactful and they said, I can see hiking sticks for you guys. And <laughs> yes, we do have hiking sticks and I probably should have used them, but it, I was holding a camera and <laughs> trying you, to climb the you went off by yourself to do your own thing. Yep. I don't know what I was doing, but anyway, you were shooting video. And I'm always saying to you, you know, <laughs> maybe looking at the video other than just, you know, yeah. this little tiny thing. Yeah, you get what you... Because I get upset with them because it depends on how the light is and everything, whether it flatters you or really makes you look... <laughs> Ten times worse than you you do look. Yeah, well, but you're always like, "This is the way I am." Yeah, like it or leave it. Yeah, so yeah. you got to be ready for um, so I guess a little I, critiquing, and also when you get up in the morning and you really don't care how you look. <laughs> I did that. I always do these morning chat. Good morning. Yeah. You know, I'm making my coffee, and it would look like a rough night for me. But you know, <laughs> we don't put makeup on. This is this is not a quote reality show. This is reality. You kind of get what you see. But uh, anyway, we're going to be down there and we'd love to see you. So bring your these, hiking boots. Yeah, bring your hiking boots. We'll walk walking you around. sticks. We'll kind of and get some ideas from you because this is all, we're all new to this. I'm going to actually ask people to help us as, very, as we do various projects too. Maybe people <laughs> will come and help. <laughs> hey, you can camp with us and help us clear land or something. So anyway, um, we've got that. Uh, we also want to invite you to stick around to the end of the podcast after our interview about getting camping reservations. Uh, you know, we've got RV news and we'll have questions and we're going to start a new little segment this week um, where our followers share different suggestions and tips and trips that they've taken. And that'll be coming out at the very end of the podcast today. Uh, but now we've got some feedback that we want to share with you guys. We got lots of it in. Let me start with this one from Sharon Petri Primo. Primo, do you do you want to read her note? Yeah, here? this is something that we all need to think about and consider. I'm hoping by posting this, it will help my son and other truckers that spend uh, weeks at a time out. Please be mindful that when you park in truck stops, you are most likely taking free spaces for truckers. It costs my son twelve to twenty dollars a night when the free spaces are taken. All truckers need a break, and they're doing their best to make a living and support their families. And if you still find the need, please don't put out your slides because that takes another space, and they can't park. And this person is also an RVer. I, I have often thought about that when sure. they say RVs and trucks. If at all possible, park where the cars are. And that's particularly at a truck stop where yeah. you see them. And many, um, you know, many uh, uh, stops along the interstate, rest areas along the interstate, they fill up with truckers and RVers, uh, sometimes they can spend the night, don't stay where the trucks are because these guys are trying to earn a living. Uh, that is a really good point. And, and you really I, do I see that. that. How many times have you driven and you see the truckers lined up past the rest area and before the rest area? They have to stop and and never, I think, before in our lives has this country needed the truckers as much as they need them now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, another thing that's making things rough for them uh, is the high cost of fuel. And we mm. got a lot of response. We talked about fuel prices last week. Uh, Lola Saxby writes, the price of diesel has slowed my travels as a full-time RVer. Oh, yeah. So, so, and making... there's some others that came through. Randy and Jan. We are very concerned about the rising cost of fuel. 
We only get about 10 miles to the gallon with our Class A. That means out here in California, it cost me $5 a mile. That works out to 150 for a 300-mile weekend trip. For now, we're cutting back in our plans and definitely not traveling as much as we had hoped to. Penelope uh, Bartel says, we have a diesel Class C Sprinter, and as of now, fuel prices are not impacting our planned travels, but future-wise, we're seriously looking at the all-electric Ford trucks. Hmm. Yeah, those are nice when they come online. And I don't know, I guess they're going to be able to tow stuff, so, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, there's another one, Frank the Vet. What does he say? <laughs> Here in California, the price of diesel is north of $5 a gallon. So when we travel... We take the shortest route out of state. Now, for some perspective, we heard from some of our Canadian uh, followers. And Joy Phillips says, I think you'll find Canadians traveling into the States are just fine with your fuel costs. I live in Ontario. Our prices are about $1.40 a liter of gas, which is equivalent to a quart. So we're looking at close to $6 a gallon. And it's been that way for over a year now. So your prices in the U.S., are attractive to us. And then we have Tony from the Netherlands. Diesel is eight fifty US dollar per US gallon. That's more than wow. double the price compared to most US states. But in the US it is definitely costing more to fill up our RVs. David Lundy says it now costs me a hundred dollars mm. to fill up to drive a little over Three hundred miles. He must be towing something or in a big class A, but a hundred bucks of fill up. Yeah, that's people, getting pretty. You, you can't know, afford that. Yeah, not for a long time. No. Uh, and we also heard from a number of you um, in response to a story we had last week about that couple who had their trailer stolen from their front yard in a small town in Montana. Yeah, this was from uh, Kathy Davis, and she said regarding trailer theft. I just heard about a couple left their trailer at a campground locked overnight to return in the morning and find out it was gone. No evidence of pieces or shavings in their lock. We use a heavy-duty lock on our hitch, but after hearing all this about the theft, I'm wondering if there's more that we can do. Gee, you wouldn't think of that. People would just come and and just... Uh, unhook it and tow it away. Janice Crockett says, one of the first things I bought after getting my trailer, maybe this will uh, help uh, the previous writer, um, is I got a proven lock. They're supposed to be the best and the customer service was quick to help me pick the right lock. I have to store my trailer away from home and the possibility of theft was really on my mind. So uh, we appreciate all your feedback and uh, we invite you to send us your comments and share your thoughts about the stories we report and the topics we address. Uh, our address is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. We love hearing from you. We'll be right back with our interview of the week right after this. There's a big event coming up just west of Nashville, Tennessee for RVers on December 11th. Tennessee Land and Lakes is selling off a 1,500-acre estate known as the Woodlands at Buffalo River in large acreage properties from 5 to over 100 acres. Now, unlike most properties, these are virtually unrestricted, allowing year-round RV living in an incredible natural setting. It's like owning your own state park your property, your way. There's high-speed fiber optic internet available, wooded trails, and big views surrounded by the most popular destination spots in Tennessee like Nashville, Kentucky Lake, and the Buffalo River. 
The pricing is phenomenal for this area, starting at just $69,900. There's even great financing. Jennifer and I will be down on the 11th of December and would love to meet you on the lot that we bought. Take a video tour, get the details on the website, myrvland.com. Whether you're staying close to home or wheeling across the country, RVers need the best value in medical coverage. Peace of mind for RVs.com has a Medicare enrollment specialist with 16 years of experience and can tailor your Medicare plan selection with the choices that matter most to you. So you can keep your doctors and make sure your prescriptions and medical care are covered wherever you travel. Peace of mind for RVs.com will help you get the most out of your Medicare coverage, choose just the right options, and they can even get you squared away with all the things that Medicare may not cover, like specialized emergency transportation coverage, air ambulance coverage, dental, vision, hearing, all at the best bang for the buck and tailored specifically for the RV lifestyle. You can find out more and get all your questions answered by going to peaceofmindforrvs.com. That's peaceofmindforrvs.com. Welcome back, everybody, and now it's time for the interview of the week, and it's time to start thinking about where you're going to camp next year. Actually, it was probably time several months ago, if you haven't thought about it, but we've had a crisis of finding spots to stay. Um, There's just no other getting around it, you know. There are some people who paint this rosy picture, and, and camping is wonderful, but they don't. They neglect to tell you that there's it, the pressure to get a spot is is severe, and that means you have to have reservations in popular areas. Our guest in the interview of the week right now is Mark Kep. You know Mark. Mark has uh, been doing uh, uh, hidden campground gems for us for some time. Mark has a has a website called campgroundviews.com that actually lets you look and see what's available at a certain time. But uh, we didn't so much talk about that as uh, I thought, since Mark is so well attuned to what the situation in the camping industry is, particularly for next year, for 2022, uh, we thought we'd have him on the program as a special interview. And as Mark says, it's time right now to make your reservations for the summer of 2022. Would you talk about uh, what's different about camping these days in terms of, of the competition out there? It's sheer volume. So um, record RV sales over the last year, every month has beat the beat the previous trends in the previous months. They're, they're selling more RVs. And, and what's different about that in comparison to years past, because if you look way back in time before 2008, 2009, we had record RV sales too, and then the financial collapse hit. But even then, when people were buying RVs back then, they maybe used them once or twice and didn't go out that much. The difference now is people are able to work from the road. They're able to school from the road, and they're buying these RVs, and they're heading out on the road. So a lot of the RV sites are getting filled up by these folks who are obviously enjoying the the lifestyle many of us have enjoyed over these years. And um, it's just making it so there's more demand on the limited resources that, that are available out there. So for a lot of people who have not been used to making reservations walk us through uh, it used to be pretty complicated let's let's face it you had to look up a site find the number get somebody on the phone technology has gradually come into it and improved it year after year and now you guys through campgroundviews.com have made it even easier you can actually look at the sites and, and do it but um talk about how early they should book 
for what time and and there there differences you know depending on whether they're looking for overnight or whether they're looking for you know a destination yeah if you're booking a campsite it depends on the type of campsite you're booking. So if it's in a private park, generally they allow you to book further out. So a lot of private parks usually have at least a year, if not unlimited, um, advanced booking. So you can probably book a private RV park for this summer right now. But if you're looking to book a public park, so a recreation.gov property, which would be a forest service, a national park, or a county park, or a state park, they usually have rolling schedules. So anywhere from six months to eight months out, they open up their availability to book. So what ends up happening in those situations is you have to set a timer on your phone you yeah. know, like 7 a.m. the day that opens in order to grab it, especially if it's a hot weekend, like the 4th of July weekend, Labor Day, Memorial Day, those really popular weekends, or if it's a popular destination. The other thing to recognize, this goes back to one of the things we talk about a lot, is you don't necessarily need to stay at the most popular campground in an area. There's usually a lot of other campgrounds around the area, and up until now, there haven't been any tools really to help you understand what you're getting into, and so that's really where we're focusing on with the, the campground virtual tours, is allowing people to go see these parks that you wouldn't normally go see. And so right now we've got a thousand recreation.gov properties that you can go and virtually tour. Now, we should probably explain to people what recreation.gov is. Yep. So recreation.gov is just for federal properties right now. So it's Forest Service, National Park, Corps of Engineers, and then a BLM, a few BLM, camp, Bureau of Land Management, um, BLM, campgrounds and RV parks that are and very few RV parks, mostly campgrounds. So if you think about Forest Service campgrounds, those are recreation.gov. I think the biggest problem now for all of us as campers, and it's 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 getting better, but it's still an issue, is that there are a lot of different reservation engines out there. All of them have their pros and cons. So as campers now, instead of finding a campground and having to call somebody, you end up having multiple bookings at different campgrounds all through different reservation engines. So instead of being able to manage your trip in one destination, you're managing it through all these different um, booking engines that are out there. Well, let, let's let's take a couple of, of sites uh, for a couple of destinations. Let's talk about uh, uh, Arizona. You know, Arizona is a very popular place, really, from January through the end of March when it starts yep. to get a little bit too warm. Is it too late now to find many good spots in, in Arizona and the southwest? No, you can you can go find spots right now. So the thing, the nice thing about Arizona, let's talk about the Phoenix Mesa area. So that's like the popular spot, Phoenix Mesa, uh, Chandler, that whole region there, right around the Phoenix uh, metropolitan area. There are several hundred RV parks within that region. And when I say RV parks, there's everything from an RV resort, like the nicest places. Those are generally going to be booked all the way down to mobile home communities that have RV sites. And, and don't don't shrug. Some of those mobile home communities are actually really nice, very quiet. You have a very large site, stuff like that. So you just have to go along that spectrum there from full on RV resort to mobile home community and you'll be able to find an RV site. Now, if you're going there to vacation, if you're going there, you want to go to one of the state parks or one of the county parks, those do fill up r really fast and generally are pretty full. So those are going to be hard to get into. Um, but then within Arizona, you also can look outside of that Phoenix metro area. There are a lot of really great destinations in Arizona that not a lot of people go to. So you can go south closer to the border or up into the, the foothills of the mountains there. Some really beautiful spots. So I would encourage folks that maybe getting discouraged that there are some really nice RV resorts. Now, when we talk about um, the other hot destination uh, and, and really there's, there's other places, there's Texas, which, which really uh, Southern Texas is pretty good, you know, from the, for the winter, but Florida is the big one, Florida yeah. and uh, the Gulf coast and the Atlantic coast, you know, the historic coast up by St. Augustine, the keys. 
let's be really honest. Pretty much for those popular areas, you're you're out of luck, are you not? For most of the rest of twenty two, at least for the for the winter season. I would say yes, and where where you might come into and this is this has always been our strategy in, in popular areas like that. We're flexible, and so I'll have a list of several campgrounds or RV parks that I'm interested in. And the day of, I'll start calling them because inevitably one of them has a cancellation, and then you can slide into that canceled spot and get a few nights. Um, the other trick is to also again open your radius up. So one of the things I like about Florida is it's not very far between the two coasts. So I actually like staying right in the middle of the state, um, generally less. Expensive, generally less crowded, and you're close to those beaches. A different use, though, right? Because I'm working during the week, so it's a different type of usage. If you want to be on the beach, yeah, you have to book those in advance. Or, and I, I here's here's the thing: don't call and get on a waiting list. You call and get on a waiting list, you're never going to call back. So it requires you just kind of getting getting lucky on a, a few spots to slide into a cancellation. And those happen all the time. That's actually the biggest problem as we talk about advanced bookings and planning your trips in advance is as you well know, when you're driving an RV, stuff breaks, things happen, your schedule gets out of whack. And so my my thing to encourage you to do is, is definitely plan for those places that you absolutely have to be at and make those reservations, but then be flexible and be open on your other destinations. The great thing about an RV is you have an engine either in it or pulling it to get you somewhere. You you can go off the beaten path and find some really cool spots. Uh, is there a particular time of day that you suggest people try uh, when you're, you're in your popular area? Do you have any cancellations? Is it best to call first thing in the morning, at noon, at checkout, uh, in the evening? Uh, give give some, some hints there yeah. about when to check out. Yeah, in. so the trick is most RV parks, their checkout's at 11 a.m. And so then the next check-in is between 2 and 3. So if you think about it from other campers, they're usually leaving that campsite at 11 a.m. or they're in to go to the next one, which would be the one you're calling, right? So usually about 11 a.m. is when they find out they've got a flat tire or the engine won't start or, you know, the dog's sick. Whatever the reason is that they can't move on to the next destination, that's when they call and cancel. So if you happen to time it right and it's just random luck, you call them at 1101, they just got the call from the person who's supposed to show up at 2, canceling, oh, yeah, I have a spot available for you now. And, and if you remember, Mike, when we were traveling, we're in a 44-foot fifth wheel. So, you know, most people are like, oh, you know, I'll never get it. We, we always found spots. That being said, as you can see, I'm in a house now, so we kind of changed our lifestyle here this January because of the amount of people that were out there, and you know, just it's a it's a different environment out there altogether. So you really have to choose how you want to travel and and be very um, focused in where you're going to stay at. Now, the big thing that so many people uh, get frustrated about is uh, where to overnight on the way to someplace else. You know, you you you're making a long trip somewhere. You got to spend the night. You know, we always say try 3.30, the 3.30 rule, try and stop by 3.30. You got a better chance of finding open spots. But, you know, like you say, things happen. Uh, what's your advice on, on that? When If you don't have a reservation for tonight and tomorrow night and you know you got to be at your destination three nights from now, how's their best way to, to find a spot? Yeah, so 
you know, a lot of folks will talk about like Walmarts and truck stops. I'll be honest with you. In 12 years of full timing, we never stayed at a Walmart, never stayed at a truck stop. I couldn't sleep at night. We tried it once and I was just, I couldn't sleep. Every noise, I was like, if somebody, you know, it just, it didn't work. So Harvest Host is a great alternative for you. They've got some really cool destinations and you can book them and, and slide into them. It's similar to a Walmart with the only exception that you're expected to buy a bottle of wine or, or cheese from the place that you're staying at. The other thing is there's a lot of roadside RV parks that maintain overnight spots and those spots are only overnight. So they don't let people stay there a week or whatever. It's one night you're in, you're out. And so there are highway style um, RV parks that allow for that. The other thing again is look for usually not state parks, but in really not county parks, but city run parks, those generally have no bookings, nothing. There's always sites available in those because they're just poorly managed. And so you, if you look for city parks, you may be able to find uh, a few of them, especially in the central part of the U.S. So you think about states like Iowa, Kansas, so forth. There are city parks in a lot of those small towns or places where you can hook up your RV, full hookups, and stay at like the local park or whatever uh, for night. Let's talk now about our big plans for 2022. Uh, people really want to get away for a couple of weeks. They want to maybe find a couple, three spots that they can stay at in an area. Uh, and the most popular areas are, of course, out west come summertime. And that's where Campground Views, your site, comes in, I think, so handy. Um, give us a quick idea. Let's just say we want to go. You don't have to call it up or anything now. You do that with uh, your hidden campground gems every week. People have seen how neat that works. But uh, let's just say I want to head somewhere really cool like Glacier. And I know I probably can't get in national park campgrounds because they booked up. But uh, you've been a, a, a big uh, supporter and, uh, and urging us to look outside that area. Is now the time to do that? Now's the time to go find those parks and then figure out when their booking window is so that you can kind of reserve it when it comes available. Um, so campground views and what we've built with these campground virtual tours solves the problem that all of us face as campers. It's easy to find campgrounds. You can find campgrounds on Google or whatever, right? It's easy to do that. The pain is finding the right campsite for us and you, right? You're in a smaller uh, class B or class C. I'm in a large fifth wheel. What The site that's right for you is not going to be right for us. So this visual experience, basically it's Google Street View for campgrounds. You go through the campground and you look around and then we provide information. So when you look at a site, you can click on it and get more information in size and all that type of stuff and actually click to book it. So that tool is we're building it out. We've got a thousand recreation.gov properties filmed, 560 of them are live as of this recording. And we're adding more all the time to that. And we do have some up in the glacier area. So one of the, one of my secret little tips around glacier national park is there is a gigantic reservoir. If you look on a map, it's just Southeast of the national park. There is a ton of Forest Service campgrounds around that reservoir with absolutely amazing views, and only the locals really know about that. And a few of them are bookable, so you can get into those spots. Now, say all the reservable sites are gone. The other thing then to look at is understanding your equipment type. So if you're in a big RV, generally you're going to want to book in advance or know what you're getting into. But if you're in a small Class C or Class B, non-reservable, first-come, first-served Forest Service campgrounds Maybe you're ticky. You may be able to find a bunch of sites that you can slide into and get those. Those will be last minute, a little bit winging it, which is, is stressful. And, you know, it, it adds, it adds to that whole overall cost for you. The other thing then is again, looking south of there, you can find some RV parks that have availability. But by all means, this tool we're building, we're building it out now. We're adding more and more campgrounds and RV parks. So go check it out. And, you know, if you, you like it, let us know. And if you're interested in it, by 
all means, please join. Well, one of the things that I think is is neat about uh, campgroundviews.com is that you can not only see the site you want to book, but there's a little green or a red uh, signal. In other words, open on the dates that you're looking. And that is so simple. You just click a button and you're right there. You don't have to pick up the phone and go through three other steps to, to book it. So technology yeah, has made this easier. Yeah, and you can directly link into the underlying reservation engine to see, you know, so say it's not available. When you click on it, it takes you right to the page for that for that campsite, and you can see when it becomes available. So now you can start planning your trips a little bit more. Really, all we're doing is is adding a tool on top of what's out there. And, and you know, one of the big problems when, when you think about our industry, I mentioned already, there's a bunch of reservation engines out. There's a bunch of that stuff. We could have created another reservation engine, but that's not helping anybody. We'd rather help people. Let's build a better tool on top of those, and so that's what we're doing. So we're we're learning we're going to have to research a little bit better than we have in past years. Those of us who want to find those perfect spots, and we don't have a lot of time. This isn't anything you you really should be doing on the the last minute. You gave us some great tips. If if it is last minute, but I think the overall uh, message I'm hearing from you is start booking and start researching and find your spots right now. Campgroundviews.com is the site that uh, Mark has. We'll put a link in the description. You won't be able to miss that. All right, we thank Mark Kep for that uh, that interview. Got to make those reservations. You certainly do, and uh, call back. Be persistent. Follow through. Try to book for two or three years if you know a spot, <laughs> if they'll do it. Yeah. Think ahead and don't get discouraged. There's something out there. Yep. And uh, appreciate Mark for his advice. Mark's website, by the way, again, is campgroundviews.com. We will be right back with the RV News of the Week. Your questions and reader and listener feedback coming up right after this. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country. And there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World. And as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount. If you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10, when you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have, and they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. 
All right, everybody, it's time now for the news of the week. And uh, the two stories we want to uh, report are from the perspective of whether you're going into Canada as an RVer or into the U.S. as an RVer. Now that the U.S.-Canadian border is open again to non-essential travel, which is what RVing is, we're starting to get reports. And you want to handle what we're learning about Americans wanting to go to Canada. There's some controversy there. Okay. Uh, some Americans uh, traveling to Canada by land are complaining about an extra testing measure. Hmm. Already, Americans must have proof they are fully vaccinated and get a negative PCR test within 72 hours of crossing. And some are also being randomly chosen for more testing from a Canadians, Canadians monitoring by yeah. a nurse. So, so wait a minute, they are going in and they're just randomly being pulled aside and said, you've got to do a test and you have to be monitored by, by a, a nurse. nurse. And they're complaining that sometimes they have to wait a long time for the for that testing to happen to get the nurse and to get tested so it's just a random testing nothing personal but it's an added test but they already have had to have a test within 72 hours saying that they were negative mm -hmm. so they got that before they left america they presented that at the border and then mm -hmm. uh, with no rhyme or reason just at random they're told uh many times that you got to go have a nurse now watch you take another test mm-hmm now, on the other end, for Canadians coming into the U.S., we're hearing nothing but happy stories. Uh, many of the Canadians uh, are snowbirds, and they come down here, uh, particularly to the South States, to Texas and Arizona and Florida, the Gulf states. And we're hearing really good uh, reports uh, um, we heard some stuff in Texas, for example, yeah. one of the parks there. Yeah, one of the RV parks in Texas uh, was featured in a local newspaper story saying that last year's reservations were about 50% less because the Canadians could not come because of COVID measure. And this year it's different and the park is filling up. Now over in Florida, in fact, there's a joke in the winter that uh, Florida should be considered uh, one of uh, a, an official, unofficial Canadian province because so many Canadians winter in, in uh, Florida. Um, it's the same thing there. Uh, we read a story about uh, uh, one of the parks that it says that so many people are there that they're completely filled up now. And many of them are Canadian uh, residents. Uh, and I guess uh uh, the, the advice that we have is if uh, if you are coming to, to the U.S. Uh, still, because the big rush of the snowbirds really comes right after Christmas, make sure you have a reservation or, um, you know, follow the advice that we had in our interview of the week. Uh, we'll have a transcript of that interview with Mark that you can find at RVLifestyle.com. It'll be in our uh, on our blog and, and you can go over his uh, suggestions right there. But uh, we're glad to have the Canadians back in the U.S., and uh, we hope that we get this confusion and controversy on the border uh, straightened out. But, you know, um, can't get mad at anybody because it's just crazy all over. Nobody, every, nobody wants this COVID stuff. Nobody wants these lockdowns. Nobody wants these restrictions. But um, everybody, I think we got to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and, and say that everybody's trying to do the best they can. And uh, let's just hope that all that stuff straightens out and is much better in 2022. All right. All right. Now let's move on to the RV questions of the week. And we've got a bunch. Uh, let me, um, you want to read the first one and we'll kind of go from there. All right. We have three of them we're going to do this week. Okay. This is from Cheryl and Ed. We saw your recent YouTube video on buying your land in Tennessee. 
And in it, you were making coffee and talking about using the RV for boondocking. And looking terrible in the picture, yes, I know. Even though you had winterized it and couldn't use running water, so a shower would have, a running shower probably would have really been better. Uh, You said something about (laughs) dumping. I should have put a hat on. Yeah, it would have looked better if I wore a hat. You said something about dumping antifreeze down the toilet. It went by so fast, I didn't uh, understand. How do you camp in an RV when it's cold? What do you do for water? You have to bring your own water. And uh, and for keeping clean, well, how many days do you want to go? And we've talked about that. You can even, sometimes there's a motel or something nearby where you can um, take a shower. Take a shower. Or a health That's, club. Go or to a health, health club. club. Yeah. And doing dishes. We wipe down the dishes, try to plan ahead, use paper dishes, Uh you know, cook ahead and I wipe them down with water. A solution, 50% vinegar and water you can wipe down your dishes with. Please explain. And I hope this isn't too much to a newbie. We're all newbies that sometime was, along the that, line. That was from Cheryl and, and Ed, Ed out there. Yeah. And the, the toilet, we flush it. Whatever liquid, whatever you have in the toilet, 50, I mean, it, it's 50% whatever you put in and 50% Antifreeze. Yeah, we're trying to be tactful RV, here. RV yeah. antifreeze. Yeah. Uh, so, and I know it, it, we get this question all the time, and it's much it's more like, easier just to show you that, and maybe we should do that the next time. Um, no, I don't think I will. But whatever you deposit in your toilet, pour that much antifreeze in and then flush it, and it will go down into the holding tanks. And you can empty your holding tanks that won't freeze solid because of the antifreeze. Um, so it's, it's fine. You know, now you wouldn't want to do that for two, three weeks. You'd want to, you know, we typically will go out for a couple of days, couple, three days, maybe four or five days and the tank will get half three quarters filled and then we'll empty it. Uh, we have some spots near our home and you can find spots that you can empty them. And the other time we use it is when we're going from the North to the South. And then we just go con- continue to go to where it's warm and that we can then uh, take, we can de-winterize, but you can use your RV in the winter. And we do all the time. We'll be using it on the 11th when we go down for our meetup at, on uh, the Tennessee property. And I'm very careful as to how much water I use because whatever amount of water I put in that toilet, I have to put an equal amount of antifreeze and you never open the door and just toss dishwater out or no. food scraps because you could be attracting bear or animals. It's, yeah. You just don't do that. And it's not sanitary. It's not clean. We don't do that. Yep. So uh, as far as drinking water, like Jen said, bring your own. We bring yeah. lots of, we usually pick up a little case of, of, of bottled water and that gets us. Or you the, can get a big container to hold your water in. Yep. And, you know, I make my coffee every morning and instead of uh, maybe I used to heat it up in the microwave, I tend to just heat it up over propane over the stove. And, uh, you know, I, that's how you make your coffee. And it's it's just a little more inconvenient than in the summer. And of course, the heat's on. You have to run your heat in the RV. And uh, you prepare whatever you can at home. Yep. More and more RVs are uh, putting the, the the plumbing and the tanks above the floor uh, or above ground, well above ground, so they don't freeze. That's a trend that we're seeing in the industry, but most of us don't have that. And so we uh, we don't have fresh running water. Well, here's one that came in for you, and this is from Marcy, and she says, Jennifer, how do you stay looking so nice when you're boondocking in the winter and can't wash your hair every day? Now, see, they saw you in that same video, and they thought you looked good. (laughs) 
Well, number one thing is thank you for the nice compliment for those kind words because I'm always uh, having a fit about wanting to fix my hair a little bit because just like Mike is very casual about himself, he tends to be very casual about me and then he hears all these complaints. From her, not from you. Let me try to fix myself up a little bit. I want to look as good as I can look for all these people. I don't want to scare them. They're not all zombies. You're saying that we're I not sca- all we're I not all doing our little zombie thing that we did that once. Well, I um, you put a hat on if your hair is really messed up, and you try to have a casual hairdo like mine. I just kind of mess it up a whole bunch, and uh, just brush it out. And uh, if I have electricity, I'll take my hair dryer and blow it out and a brush and try to fix it up a little bit. But um, you can't you can't take a shower. Some people just look good naturally. Some people need a little help. (laughs) Anyway. All right. One more question. This is uh, from Brady, and he says, explain propane in an RV for me. How long does it last? That's a really good question. Um, Well, you didn't tell us what kind of RV you have, Brady, whether you have a motorhome or whether you have a towable, because um, they're a little different. there's two different kinds of tanks, of propane tanks in an RV. The first kind is called ASME. And that's something like the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, I think it is. Um, and in that case, it's RV uh, propane tanks that are mounted um, on the frame, under the frame uh, of the motorhome. So ASME tanks... Uh, by nature, are not removable. They're under the tank. They're permanently mounted there underneath the, or underneath the frame. ASME tanks. That's what you have, like we have in our Class C RV. The other kind are called DOT. Um, that's from for Department of Transportation. And these are cylinders, and they're typically found on fifth wheels, on truck campers, um, towables, trailers. And they are approved, as I said, by the DOT, Department of Transportation, and they, have, they are mounted uh, on uh, exterior compartments, maybe at the front, uh, someplace where you can get at and move them around. And uh, often uh, they're in uh, tank holders on the frame or the tongue or the bumper of, of uh, the towable. Now, one thing about propane when you are filling a propane tank is that they can only be filled 80% of their capacity. And the reason for this is because propane expands when it's subjected to heat, when it warms up. So if it's filled to 80% capacity when it's cold outside, that same amount of propane um, in a warm tank will fill up uh, well over 90% of the capacity of a tank. So they're never going to go more than 80% of your, they'll look and they'll say, well, that's a 20, 20, uh, 20 pound tank. A twenty-gallon tank, rather, and uh, they'll go from there. Uh, so the tanks themselves, uh, typically on a small motorhome or on a smaller towable, are twenty gallons. Some thirty gallons. Uh, some of the big Class A's will have forty gallons or even larger. Uh, you can get a special rig set up. Full timers have with uh, with larger propane tanks. How long they last depends on how you use it. Our twenty-gallon tank. On our Class C RV, I typically uh, fill that three, maybe four times a year. In the fall, I'll fill it. And I did that, I think, back in September, late September, when it started to get cool. Uh, I will probably do it uh, by the end of December after another trip or two. 
and then I fill it uh, again in the spring, at the end of the spring, and that'll usually last all through until the fall. So on a really, if we're using it a lot for cold weather, I'll fill it maybe three times in the winter. But normally, um, three or four times a whole year is all I have to do. Uh, if the heater's on, that's when we use the most propane. And the heater's on most nights now. We'll be camping in Tennessee next week, and it gets down into the th upper 30s, uh, 40s every night, and uh, sometimes even colder. Um, so the heat's on, you know, uh, and that uses a lot. But during the day, it warms up. We typically turn the heat off all the time. Uh, if you have uh, electric hookups, you can use an electric ceramic heater to help and not use quite as much as your propane. But overall, propane lasts a long time on an RV. And we use it to cook, which takes very little. It also powers our refrigerator, refrigerator. when we're not connected to a, an electrical outlet. Uh, so... That's how you use it. I hope that helped. Uh, it's kind of an overview of the thing, right? Right. And I didn't realize, I hadn't thought about the two different types of tanks, you know, those on the trailer and those built in. Yep. Yep. An RV. Okay. Last segment of the, of the program today has to do with messages that we have been receiving from fellow travelers. And as you know, uh, with the questions of the week, with the tips of the week, we love it if you would just take your smartphone and, and do a, an interview. I'll try and hold it like that, because that way it'll take up the whole screen. If you hold it like this, as you'll see in one of these videos I'm going to share, those of you watching on YouTube. But just to record a selfie, asking your questions, showing us stuff, making comments. Um, the first one we want to share was from one of our followers named Chuck, and he's out in California. And uh, they have that phenomenon called the Santa Ana Winds that often disrupts power. And he sent us a video on what happened to them on Thanksgiving day when they lost power and how their RV came to save the turkey. Well, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to you, Mike and Jen from Southern California. We're currently in Santa Ana's high winds and they've cut our power off once again to try and keep from any forest fires or brush fires occurring. So I want to show you what our solution is for no power on Thanksgiving in Southern California. And it's our RV. Thanks to the RV lifestyle, we have the ability to run our uh, refrigerators and run a oven that we can cook our turkey in and still have Thanksgiving. For those of you who are listening to this, he's showing us an extension card that runs from the RV all the way through his house. You watch this cord. He's kind of following it in, tracing it in. And there it's plugged in to the house and it's connected to the refrigerator and all the things that they need in the house to prepare that Thanksgiving meal. And uh, then he showed us a really nice table all set for Thanksgiving. And it switches to his garage where that same extension cord is uh, plugged in to a... Um, a heater or a cooker <laughs> a cooker for the turkey and then Chuck's wife comes and she's basting the turkey which is cooking great but that uh, electric uh, cooker is powered by the generator from the RV 
All right, that was great, Chuck. Glad to see that turkey cooking and that uh, those uh, winds didn't do anything to your plans for uh, turkey date. Appreciate you sending that in. It is a security blanket having an RV. Yeah. It really is when power goes out. Yeah. And our next one who got a new RV and he's so excited about it and he showed us his new RV, which is absolutely beautiful. And he did a big shout out to Harvest Host and how he booked his uh, trips traveling to and from. Hey, Mike and Jen, this is Terry Stump from here in Pennsylvania. I know you always wanted to have us send you a quick uh, shot of our rigs and a little message. So I thought I'd give you a quick shout out here. Uh, I got, I had uh, asked you guys about a month ago, wanted to ask us anything about a, uh, how do you get to figure out places to stay? And you responded by saying that... <clears throat> You just got done writing a, a guide to camping, free, cheap, free and cheap, free and cheap camping sites. I think it was. So I said, okay, that'll work. So I read that article, and she said it was quite overwhelming. A lot of information there. So I know you guys always talk about uh, Harvest Hosts, and we went out west, Iowa, and picked this uh, this rig up here. And uh, whenever I was out there. We stayed out there a couple of days, and the uh, last day when we were out there, <clears throat> I figured I better figure out where we're going to stay on the way back through. So I got on the Harvest Host website and I signed up for Harvest Host that afternoon, and uh, found a place to stay. I went to Baxter's Vineyard down in uh, where was that place at? Tennessee? No, that was Illinois. Went to Illinois, stayed at Baxter's Vineyard that night. And then the next day, uh, we stopped at the National Quilt Museum in Paducah, Kentucky. That was pretty cool. Really neat place. And then we went to Nashville, and then we dropped down from Nashville, oh, 20 miles or so, to Shelbyville, Tennessee, and we stayed at Crossing Creek's Farm down there. And then we went down to South Carolina and stayed at my uncle's place, stayed there for a couple of days, just hooked up at his place with a, um, with a 110 cord, ran the, I uh, ran the lights and everything. I have 500, um, 500, uh, watts of solar on this thing, but I'm not sure if it's, I ain't got figured out how to work that thing yet. But anyhow, that electric, um, fireplace there, that thing kicks off a lot of, a lot of heat. So, that 110 cord got that thing running, and I uh, didn't have to run the generator at all. So that was pretty cool. So anyhow, stayed there a couple of days, and then on the way home to PA, we stopped in Virginia at the Wythe Raceway, or With Raceway. And now it's around one of them uh, circle tracks. And uh, I mean, it was wide open space, plenty of space, space to stay. So that's what we did. And every, I think every day, we were on the road. I just, uh, I looked, I looked on the website to see where, uh, Harvest Host was in that area where we were planning on being. And, uh, I either sent an email or, uh, or made a phone call and called them up and asked if they had a place to stay. And every one of them, we were able to stay the same day. So I'll tell you what, the Harvest Host is a good deal. Um, I gave, I got the 15% off, uh, by using you guys' uh, code that you have. So I appreciate that a bunch. But hey, pretty good deal. I'll let you know some more stuff, uh, when I come across some interesting stuff to let you know. Appreciate it. Bye bye. 
Well, I like that uh, fireplace. I was eyeing the washer and dryer. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice. Beautiful, RP. Thank you so much for sending that in. We really do appreciate it. There's so many different ways that uh, we can all share these tips. And again, uh, send yours in to us. Record it on your smartphone. Uh, just send them in mail. We're Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. And that's it for episode 373. Again, don't forget, uh, December 11th, if you can make it, we'll be near Linden, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and uh, take a tour of our property. You can get more info and directions from myrvland.com. We'll put that in the show notes, which you'll find at rvlifestyle.com. Thank you guys so much for watching. And Bo is going to come this yeah, time. Bo will so be Bo with can us. run around to get a feel for the land. So everybody out there, happy trails.